top of the morning to you. I'm uh, Hezekiah Munson. I'm passing through on my way to Ohio. Any shingling or butter churning need doing? Lucas, you know better than that. We're waiting on your brother to come in from the field. How many children do you have, Brother Hezekiah? None that I know of. What I mean to say is I was, uh, we, uh, I'm unable to have children. Nasty, cheese-grating accident as a young man. Get ready! Woo! We are tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive! This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunis. You need a few apples, some corn, a few eggs, some chicken breast to fry up, Sanderson Farms, championship baby, cut lines gotcha. Vacation's over. We're back to business, better than ever, looking to build on two straight solid seasons in both winning at the sportsbook and in daily fantasy, the daily fantasy arena, DFS. This week, the PGA Tour is headed down to Mississippi, where the PGA golfers will tackle the Country Club of Jackson. And the cut line is going to give you the most detailed and entertaining PGA podcast out there. And that's the truth. But first, hello Canada, hello Australia, hello USA, hello UK, hello to our friends in Lithuania, New Zealand, Germany, Sweden, Switzerland, Cornwall, Ireland, South Africa, can't forget Indiana, can't forget Minnesota, Illinois, New York, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada. And a special shout out to our new city in leadership of listenership, Nina, Wisconsin, right next to Lake Winnebago. Now to our new listeners. Douchebag says what? What? <laughs> Where have you been? And to our returning listeners. game we love it that you are here the cut line continues to grow things great things for daily fantasy sports and growing your bankroll on a weekly daily basis is one of them but we cannot do it without the sony walkman The Sony Walkman is a tiny stereo cassette player with truly incredible sound. Put on a Walkman and see the world in a whole new light. Sony Walkman. The Walkman from Sony, the one and only. You see, when I'm building lineups and I really need to be in the zone, zeroed in on what I'm trying to do, there's no better way to focus than with my Sony Walkman. And my vintage headphones, forget these wireless things. Plug in, baby, plug in. Welcome to the cut line. I'm Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter, L I U N A S. Chicks dig me. 
Because I rarely wear underwear, and when I do, it's usually something unusual. Your host with the most, but lacking a kick-ass co-host. Speaking of that, we're going to have guests this year. Going to continue the trend that we started at the end of last season. Roll out special guests as often as we can to help you updated on the week and everything going on with select PGA tournaments. But lastly, more importantly, make sure you're visiting CutlineGolf.com for all your PGA needs, analysis, course preview. You can even download your own modifiable projection model all free at CutlineGolf.com. Now, the Cutline is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Sanderson Farms Tournament at Jackson Country Club. We're going to do the best we can. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. To be sure that you are cashing big on Sunday. We'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And the goal of the cut line is to make sure that you are creating the best lineups, winning lineups, lineups that are kicking ass, taking names, smashing lineups with everyone's favorite six of six golfers through the cut line. But if you like to live dangerously, you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Don't go to Fanshare Sports, but if you need leverage, I know I'm going to be checking out Fanshare Sports and FanshareSports.com. Even with my own personal ownership projections, I know that the best in the business and the opinion I trust is from Fanshare. If you're not subscribed, there's a very easy fix. Go to FanshareSports.com and the discount option, write the word CUTLINE, and you'll receive 20% off your monthly membership. This includes football, boys and girls, NFL season. So make sure you take advantage of that. Now, ownership is a leverage not to be belittled. And as always, a special thanks to Fantasy National on the stats they provide. And of course, PGATour.com and PGA DFS enthusiasts are enthralled with their website. And of course, the development of their future applications for all tournaments, which seem to be at a standstill. Oh, tournament apps, still a problem. So... If you're trying to figure out why you're struggling week in and week out, more than likely it's you're not using Fanshare Sports, more than likely you're not going to CutlineGolf.com, and more than likely you're just simply not checking out the PGA Tour itself. You're ending up on the wrong end of the flagstick, boys and girls. Make sure you fix that. Fall Sweden rolls on to the Sanderson Farms Championship and brings on new challenges for these savvy veterans, which is a lackluster star-less field. We're looking at a golf course that's going to pay out the top 65 golfers with a $6.6 million prize. And I think it's like 300, 500 FedEx points, whatever the case may be. It's a shootout course. Seen scores as low as minus 24. Average over the last 10 years, a little shade over 19. A lot of these golfers coming from the Corn Ferry Tour, but what are they looking at specifically? Well, it's early in the season, and we embark on the second tournament of the year. While this tournament has seen a few bigger names in the past... We've come to realize that most elite golfers are simply waiting for the Vegas swing to kick off the action for most of the premier players on the PGA Tour, yet there are still FedEx points to be won. This course is not penalizing, and it's often turned poor putters into short stick legends. This includes winners like Sergio Garcia, Cameron Champ, but we have seen even names like Cody Gribble, Nick Taylor, Chris Kirk come away with wins here. Needless to say, but I'll write it in anyway. It's probably a good week to disregard putting as a category in your PGA model, yet I would not disregard elite Bermuda grass putters as though they are comfortable on the surface, have an edge compared to the rest of the field. 
Golfers typically won't find a lot of fairways, but we often see a very high green and regulation percentage. Of course, those who are in the fairway will be able to attack those pins maybe a little bit more sharply than anyone else here at Jackson, but it isn't detrimental by any means to be wayward off the tee. While being long off the tee isn't as essential for success here at the Country Club at Jackson, it does help. Longer drivers will have shorter irons and more accurate approach shots, and make sure to focus on those wedge players who are coming in from dialing in from 150 yards and closer. Scoring does come in abundance. The past 10 winners have had an average winning score that's a shade higher than minus 19. I know I already mentioned that, but we are looking at a lot of scoring. The lack of star power leaves this field wide open, and potential for a first-time winner on PGA Tuner has to be a reasonable expectation. Why? For those of you who like to gamble, there's going to be plenty of long odds that could be quite appealing in fact, a little nugget for you, a little tidbit. A total of 12 players have won their first PGA Tour event here at the Country Club of Jackson at the Sanderson Farms Championship, and this includes six of the past seven winners. Can someone say trend? I think so. Architect is John Fought, Bermuda Grass Greens, 6,200 square foot greens, which is average size. We're looking at 11, fa 11 and a half to 12 on the stint meter, which is about average to fast. Length of the course, 7,461 yards, par 72, seven water hazards, 56 bunkers come into play. But the question is this week, what key stats are we looking at? Ball striking, approach, birdies are better game. Absolutely looking for our scores here. I want my wedge players that are 150 yards in, and of course, par 5, scoring, maybe some good drives gained, something like that. Similar courses that I kind of correlate with this, TPC Summerlin, Riviera Country Club, Corrales, Quail Howell, and Detroit Golf Club. But let's break it down. Who are we going to be playing at this weekend's tournament? He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. This is the Cut Lines Birdie or Better segment where we break down each tier of golfer and the players that we like, the players we're going to fade based on ownership, potential recent form. But I do want to break down a couple things for our new listeners. Look, we talk about a lot of different models that you're not going to hear on anyone else's show. It's unique to the cut line, the reason why we go in more depth, we go in more detail, and a couple things I want to talk about. We talk about our overall stat model. Overall stat model is the derivative of fanshare sports and a culmination of weighted rounds and play and average of all the golfers in the field to come with an overall stat rank for this specific tournament. Our confidence model, which is one of my favorites, takes not only the overall stat model, but a very variety of factors, including cut percentage that we find in our simulator, win percentage, Vegas, we look at some props potentially, top 10 percentage, ownership, and we weight all things categorically, either positive or negative, which gives us our confidence ranking, and of course our aggregate ranking. Our aggregate ranking takes our overall stat model, putting, scoring approach, and off the tee game, including last year's PGA stats, and eventually we will connect to this year's PGA stats once we have enough data, and gives us our aggregate ranking. So when you hear those three models specifically, overall, aggregate, and confidence, that is what we're looking at here specifically for this tournament. Again, they each possess their own value. Confidence obviously relying on one that I think is the most important market, and that is that little city in Nevada, Las Vegas. So be conscientious of that. We're going to start in this top tier with Sam Burns, Al Torres, Sergio Garcia, Sanjay M, and Corey Connors, all in the 11 down to 10K range. 
when we look at just kind of like the overall stat model, Sergio Garcia pops. He's arguably the best player in the field. We all know that bad putters put well here. Looking at last year's stats, we had a revitalization of his career, obviously from the 2017 Masters, made the Ryder Cup team last weekend, finished in first here last year, won the tournament. So a lot of good things to say here about Sergio Garcia. Um, number number two, my overall stat model. Number one, an aggregate model. Number one, my confidence model. You look at him at Vegas, right? He's he's 18 to one right now. Lee Aldrich's course suitability metric. We see that on Fanshare Sports. The only concern I have with Sergio is if there's going to be a Ryder Cup hangover. And I don't mean, obviously, the winning hangover, but the fact that it was a pressure-filled event, a lot of media commitments. Is this going to be kind of like a release and he'll make the cut? Because we've been burned by Sergio Garcia before in the past. Um, it's just something to really consider. It's something to consider as we progress forward. Now, Sung J M at 10,300 is looking to be like the chalk donkey this week. All right, a, l- a little early run through on Fanshare Sports, and we're seeing some interesting top heavy plays. So we're thinking more of like a stars, stars and scrubs type lineup in terms of builds that are, are, are looking at what, what's going on this weekend. And simply because, look, no one really knows a lot of these corn fairy tours unless you're following this week in and week out, like knowing how old and young and, and, and how these guys play. But, but the fact is, like, you got a young 23-year-old Sung J.M., right? He's not the type top price guy. He does have a win on tour. And when you look at this top tier, you got Sergio, obviously, in, in, in a league of his own with with 11 victories, one major win. But Corey Connors has a win, and Sam Burns has a win. So other than that, you're looking at Willie Z, who, who comes away winless in the PGA Tour season. If you're going to look at the trend of, you know, let's roster guys to win their first tournament, Zalatoris makes sense, right? He has the opportunity to win here. My confidence model number five, aggregate model number eight. You look at my overall stat model, number 17. You look at last year's stats, number four. Okay, so it's interesting to say that what we're waiting from last year, Zalatoris comes into play. You know, even in my projections model, he's number three. Number three in my projections model. And you're, you're just looking at a lot of opportunity. Now, the, the one caveat was Zalatoris. He missed the cut last year. At this tournament, he missed the cut. But seeing him on easy courses, it's hard to fade him and Sung J.M. I think they're they're the top plays. Sam Burns is always a solid option. I, I think he figured a lot out last year. Won once on tour, got his first victory. We keep playing Sam Burns because of the upside, the potential. I don't think that's going to change for me. I think he is most definitely in play here this week as well. And the, the only player I'm really concerned about, you know, Corey Connors, Mr. Canada himself, is Sergio Garcia, and that's simply from last week. I, there are metrics in here that say play Sergio. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. It's just I don't think I can buy into the fact that last week's shellacking, last week's devastating destruction by the U.S. of A. at the Ryder Cup did not have some weight on him. Like, you could easily flip it around. And say that he's going to be motivated. But it's a different event. It, it, it's not like Sergio didn't show up last week. And he played great. He played really well. And that could be argument for like playing him this weekend. 
that he played so well. I mean, he was probably second only to John Rahm, and, and John Rahm played out of his mind too. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with ownership as we dial it in and we move closer to lineup lock. Um, and I think that's kind of what we'll settle here on Sergio, but but it's it's just hard to deny. He's probably your top option everywhere. Just from pedigree and in all top and in all styles of golf, fits this course, so most definitely a valid option. We're gonna go down in the 9K range, and I can already tell you that Mito is gonna be popular. There, there's no doubt in my mind, he's going to be largely popular. Right now, we're looking at at least an aggregate ownership, looking at fan share and kind of across my own personal ownership evaluations and calculation around 19%. Okay, I think that number could potentially even go higher than that. So that's something to think about. Charlie Hoffman, I think he's kind of like the wild card. I'm curious what people are going to do with him. So it'll be interesting to see if he becomes more chalky or if he becomes someone that's going to be, you know, lower owned and, and, and someone that will not garner that much interest. Right now, Fanshare's got him at about 12% ownership. Which I think is is, is justifiable. I, justifiable. I just think he could potentially get higher than that, but we'll see. We'll see. So breaking down the nine K range, you got a lot of golfers: Mito, Keegan Bradley, Siwoo Kim, Cameron Tringale, who had, who just had an amazing year last year. One of my favorite golfers on tour: Sebastian Munoz, Varner, Cameron Davis, and Charlie Hoffman. The thing about this range is these are your more older, experienced golfers, right? Like Keegan Bradley's 35 years old. Tringale's 33. He's not He's not a spring check-in. Charlie Hoffman's 44. Had a good year last year, but, it, I mean, are we looking for some negative aggression here? You know, that that is a possibility. Bradley's won four times on tour. Siwoo Kim's won three, three times on tour, so there are options. Cameron Davis has won once. Charlie Hoffman four times, but we haven't seen wins here in a while from these guys. So, you have to be curious as to like where you're going to kind of figure out like what 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 we're looking at here. Now, the one thing I do like, Keegan Bradley. All right, in my confidence model number four, aggregate model number two, overall stat model number seven. Again, we're not waiting putting this week. Um, I know historically he's been terrible on Bermuda. Right, but Sergio's been terrible on every putting surface, and he won here last year. Keegan finished fourth last year. Okay, Munoz obviously got his first win here in 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 2020, and then Varner, who I would suspect could play very well here, missed the cut in 2019 in one appearance, and then Cam Davis sixth last year, but also a missed cut. So I think a lot of people are going to really weigh like past historical play here, but. It really doesn't seem to make a difference. You have tons of players on this card that have missed cuts here, but have top 10 finishes, top five finishes. When we get down to the 8K range, we'll see a lot of guys who fit that mold. And it, it, it's it's not a shock because some of these guys are excellent at their approach play. And it's just finding that hot putter and getting lucky on that, on that case. Now, if you do look at like recent trends with putting, okay, Keegan Bradley in his last four rounds has been terrible. So you're going to look for some positive regression. And, and let's be frank, it's not even going to be that much. That's kind of the MO with, with Keegan. Sebastian Munoz has been terrible with the putter in the last 12 rounds, especially in the field. 131st in my weighted putting model. 131st in my weighted putting model. Munoz is not coming in the best form. And I was all about him, you know, two weeks ago before the Ryder Cup. So he looked brutally awful. 
um, all over the place off the tee. Not someone I'm going to probably go back to this week. Um, ownership's probably going to be down because of that. But I think, again, most people are going to be going towards Mito, um, potentially going down to Charlie Hoffman, even Cam Davis. So it'll be interesting to see how this 9K K range shakes out. I like Siwoo's scoring prowess here. Of course, that's the opportunity. I'm most definitely going to go back to Cameron Tringale. Going to ride those waves of last year. He obviously figured some things out. I'm going to continue to play that trend, and I think it's going to work out. I'm hopefully for another successful year for Tringale. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, we're looking at a potential win again. The trend. Here's who we have in the 9K range looking for their first win. Mido, Tringale, HV3. HV3. Yes, I'm as shocked as you that Harold Varner III has never won on tour at the ripe young age of 31 years old, but he has won on the Euro Tour. So, the Australian PGA Championship. That's where he won in 2017 in December. So if you want to take advantage of a weak field, potential upside that HV3 has, potential winner, get his first tournament W, there you go. All right, the AK range. The AK range is loaded with talent. Tons of options here. Again, tons of guys who have a game that really fits this course. Now, the one guy I don't have interest in is Matthias Schwab. And the other guy I don't have interest in because I think he's going to garner a lot of ownership because he's kind of the biggest name on this card, even though he's not priced up at that point, would be Matthew Wolf. I just hate Matthew Wolf's swing, and I feel like I don't want to be on and off Wolf with this. I know it works out for him, but it's just unconventional, and there's nothing wrong with unconventional in golf. We see it with with you know Bryson. We see it with tons of golfers on tour with, with their little knickknacks and everything that goes into like a golf game but it's just too much that i just never want to be be on him so more power to him if he ends up being in the winning lineup but i most definitely like Seamus power this week i like Rio going back to him this week even though he looked terrible two weeks ago aaron wise we we love these wide open fairways like where you can miss and still score he's most definitely an option but you just look at last year's stats and guys like Rio power um kevin streelman they just pop popping what i'm waiting from 2021 now going back to what i mentioned with like course history and guys who have done well here in the past right streelman is a miscut in 2019 but then two top 10 finishes in 2020 and 2018 and the top 20 finish in 2017 all right let's keep going carlos ortiz missed the cut last year two top five finishes the year prior okay ct pan 8100 12th place last year missed the cut in 2017 i get it it's a five-year span it's hard to say doug gim everyone loves the gim reaper 23rd last year missed cut the year before that so i'm not really going to look at course history here as a good strong correlation to like success but what i will look at is two tournaments over at the fortinet and see who did well there who really played and put it together on sunday in order to just kind of put their game on the map and potentially do well here because i think there's a lot of co a correlation between those two tournaments now looking at this tournament specifically you know grio projected for 11th overall uh kazire going to kids he's 14th aaron wise 17th he projects pretty well kevin's realman number nine but again you're battling ownership and you're batting different different styles of golf when you look at the overall stat model though seamus power really stands out at number 11 grio stands out at number four woodland and number nine i think 
for some reason, like he's going overlooked. We're talking about a guy who won the U.S. Open and, and he's never played here before. And, and people are just going to be like, no, I, I have no interest in Gary Woodland. I know he struggled last year. I do, but I do know that in, historically in very easy tournaments, Gary Woodland does very well. So it might be a good idea to take advantage of that. Patton Kazire does very well in very easy tournaments. Matthias Schwab, even though I said I had no interest, he does very well in easy tournaments historically. Carlos Ortiz, not so good. Seamus Power, not so good. Like in these very easy tournaments, you know, we're, we're thinking of guys like potentially like Matt Fitzpatrick, where they need the course to be a little bit harder, where they have to manage their play. And it could be a potential detriment to some of these guys that I think are going to get talked up in the industry. And we'll see how ownership shakes out again as we get closer. So down in the 7K range, this is kind of where your bread or butter is. I, I, I say that constantly. Um, but a lot of guys in this range who have a huge upside. And you're going to hear a lot about them. And the one thing I like is that we're taking the putter away. So immediately my eyes go down to Seb Straka because the guy is, is just a brutal putter, but solid everywhere else, right? You look at his 2021 stats and he's got the driving distance. He's got the ball striking. He ranks 39th in the field in approach last year, 23rd in the weighted PGA rank in the PGA model. Recent form, been shaky, don't get me wrong, down at 7K. And I know typically we want to start off top tier, but still, um, I think there are a lot of opportunities here to roster Sepp Straka. Now, Joseph Bramlett, okay, Joseph Bramlett, never won on PGA Tour. He's not popping in Lee Aldrich CSR. All right, Bramlett, he's, you know, he's 33 years old. He has never, ever won on tour. Yet Joseph Bramlett is ranking in the top five of my overall stat model, top 20 in my aggregate and confidence model. I mean, we're talking about a guy who in the field is smashing an approach and smashing on the greens. The putter just needs to get hot. All right, he's 81, 80 to 1 to win. Okay, that is longer odds than, say, someone like Matthias Schwab. Longer odds than, say, someone like Kiz. Longer odds than, than you know, cheaper-priced Scott Stallings and Chez Revy and Mackenzie Hughes and KH Lee and Patrick Rogers. All lower odds. So he could be a sneaky play who's not getting a lot of love. We're going sub-5% ownership. I like Joseph Bramlett here this week. You talk about a tournament where you need upside and leverage, especially like in a 150 max. He fits that bill, right? He fits that bill. He's he's from California. So, you know, that's the one thing. We're coming from the West Coast down to the South. So Bermuda grass greens obviously are going to be a, a potential issue. But the guy has one on the Corn Ferry Tour. He has done it, all right? Earned his PGA Tour card in 2010. So, Bramlett, it's a long shot, don't get me wrong. Don't go heavy, don't go crazy, but throw him on your betting cards. Throw him on your first-round leader cards if you don't trust him. Um, do those mix-and-match plays where you eliminate guys from the field and potentially get him to, to finish in the top of that, top five, top ten. 
I like Bramlett here. I know it's putting it out on a limb, especially with a guy who's not projecting well, doesn't project well at easy courses, but this is just one of those types of events where you need to take long shots, and Bramlett, for me, is that that option. Scott Stallings and Chez Revy are going to get that double-digit ownership. So is Patrick Rogers. So is Zach Johnson. These are guys that people know, guys on tour, guys have won before. Zach Johnson specifically, he's won 12 times on the PGA Tour. So, of course, he's going to be very popular. He potentially could be one of, what, five major winners on this on this card, right? Sergio was a major winner. Keegan won a major. Woodland won a major. And... and uh, Lucas Glover won a major, believe it or not. But Zach Johnson's the only multiple major winner. So potentially could use him as a first-round leader, see some upside there. Um, but the the only multi-major winner on tour in terms of like majors, of course, Glover won that 2009 U.S. Open. So he has an option too. But Zach Johnson's going to be popular because of his historical pedigree. The, the thing is, though, it's like, I don't know if I want to go to 45-year-old Zach Johnson. I don't want to go to 41-year-old Lucas Glover and Scott Piercy's 42 and Ryan Armour's 45. Like, I I know that people have been older here in one on tour. It's just, I think golf has grown into a young man's game. I'm not sure if I'm going to go that route. All right. Guys in the 7K range that have not won on tour that I think have a shot to win their first Someone maybe potentially like Luke List, Patrick Rogers, someone like Joseph Bramlett that I'm looking forward to, okay? And I know we didn't mention him up in the 8K range, but even Doug Kim uh, has that shot. So, you know, there uh, a lot of options. We've seen that trend. Matt Wallace potentially could, could fit that bill. I mean, Matt Wallace in my overall stat model ranks number six. He's 7,100. Sixth in my aggregate model. 17th in my confidence model. So there's a lot of options there. All right, so rounding out this 7,000 range, Luke List, most definitely in play, 12th overall in my overall stat model. Joel Dahman, 29th in my overall stat model. Bramlett, like I said, ranks in that top five. Ches Revy, 23rd, 21st in my dance model, 26th in the aggregate model. So you don't need to have a lot of these guys to get leverage to the field because I think people are just going to go different places. Um, they're getting back into the swing of golf. It's it's the fall swing, so you got some weak competition. If you want, take advantage of it on FanDuel. You're gonna have softer pricing, softer lineups, stronger builds, and be able to take advantage of a lot of of golfers and, and fields there, and potentially things with not filling up a lot of overlays. So, um, one question I think people are gonna get a lot of is like Henrik Norlander this week. I just don't see it. Um, he's not. It's not that he can't make the cut. I, I think there's potential for that, but I also think that for someone who's going to be this popular because of his name, like 12, 13, 14%, there's too high of a cut chance, like near 50%. Like I, I would call it similar to like Lucas Herbert, who, who's probably above 50%, or Affy Barnrat, that like Affy's either going to make the cut, finish top five, top 25, right? Or he's just going to just bury your lineups. Luckily, Affy's going to be sub 5% on anyway, but I mean, another guy who I don't think fits this course. So 7K range, it's interesting how you're going to dictate what you're going to play this week here in this, in this, in this range. So, all right, 6K range. Um, typically we do our, our, our guarantees and, and, you know, more like I had a little too much to dream last night for this 6K range, but you do have the standard guys in here. Sabatini, not surprised. Swafford, not surprised to see him down here. 
Robert Streg, Grayson Sig, John Ha, Fratelli, Sung Kang. These are the names that we always see in this range. Um, no one's really popping. Hudson Swafford, maybe a little bit. Nick Hardy, potentially. Um, but someone in the 6K range is going to dominate. Trey Mullinax, he's a potential option here. You know, Vanderwalt, I like Vanderwalt's game here. He is potential. Lahiri is going to be popular, but he's going to be a recognizable name, so he's probably going to be double-digit owned. I tend to avoid and fade the double-digit owned chalk here in the 6,200 range, but Lahiri might just be too cheap, and that that that's a problem. Bill Haas has won six times on tour, so if you want to go with that winning pedigree in terms of someone who has had success, he is 39 years old, though, so that is an issue. Um but again, that potential Jimmy Walker, 6,400 is one, six times on tour. He could potentially shine here. Um, looking at the 6k range though, guys that I like that are cheap, that play well in easy tournaments, someone like, uh, Paul Bergen for sure. Kevin Chapel, Austin cook. Okay. I, I mean, it, it's kind of littered with these 6k guys that you just, you just don't know where to go and people are going to venture down here and someone's probably going to get lucky, right? You land on Ryan Moore on the right day, it's going to help. Number nine in Lee Aldrich's course suitability metric, okay? Dylan Fratelli, number 10. He might be too cheap at 6,600. He's got upside. Doc Redman is down here at 6,500, all right? Doc Redman had a brutal year last year. Brutal year last year. But we're talking about a guy who finished top 30 last year at this tournament. Okay? Peter Milnati, second place last year. Tyler McCumber, sixth place. Fratelli, two years ago, sixth place. Third place for JT Poston last year. Danny McCarthy, sixth place last year. And these are all 6K guys. But again, they're littered with missed cuts in their course history. McCarthy, sixth, 18th, seventh, and missed cut. First time here, though. Okay, Adam Shank, 7th in 2019. No missed cuts, but then no top 25s, no top 30s after that. Got someone like Martin Laird, 28th, missed cut, 7th. It's going to be a lot of random this week. A lot of volatility. My advice, that if you're going to go 3 max, single entry, that you are being conscientious of who you're rostering and you take some long shots, especially to win those big mass GPPs. If you're going to cash games, make sure you lock up those guys who are going to be, you know, more than likely to make that cut, more than likely to give you some scoring, get your six of six through. Um, that's the key. But if you're going to, like, MME, you got to take a lot of long shots here, and I think it's going to be beneficial. You either go for broke uh, or you go for the win. Like, it's the only way the fall swing really pays off here. There's not a lot of data. Many golfers are kind of, like, suspect in terms of their form and what, where they're going to end up. So a lot of options here. Make sure we take advantage. All right. Let's take it home. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the breakdown of the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us next week as we break down the Shriners Hospital for Children Open at TPC Summerlin, one of my favorites. 
Special shout out to Fanshare Sports. Make sure you guys are going to CutlineGolf.com. Check out all of our content as we post it and update it throughout the day. But a very special thanks to you, the listener. Thank you for spending your special, precious time with us. Get those winners. Go and get them. Peace.